Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show The Haunting of Hill House. Today we'll be covering the seventh episode from Netflix TV series The Haunting of Hill House titled Eulogy. Oh my gosh, I, I like this one. This one was high, highly rated for me. How yeah, about you? It was you? good. I think I liked the previous episode better more so for the cinematography, but again, this mm-hmm. was just a really, really good episode. It was really good. Getting some more information, too, and I like it. Not as much as I'd like, but we still have three episodes. Yeah, um, this is one so. that, because we watch we watch each episode before we do the show, so we don't skip ahead. Mm-hmm. But this is one like that that ending where he's running upstairs and the, the red room's open. You're like, oh, like I think tonight after we finish recording, I'm probably going to watch it. I, oh, my God. It's hilarious that you say that because I was literally, I was watching it my second watch just prior to us recording um, just now. And I thought the same thing. I was like, damn it, what a freaking cliffhanger. I'm like, they're all <laughs> kind of leaving you on the edge. You know, yeah. they all do where you want to keep watching for sure. But this one, Jesus. I mean, I was like, I think when you and I are done tonight, I'm going to have to go watch the next <laughs> one. Who cares if it's nighttime and I get the hell scared out of me as I usually do, but I think I'm going to have to. I can't not do it. Um, All right. Well, I'm really anxious to jump into our top five. I'll go ahead and start it off this week with my number five. I'm just going to start it off kind of like where we started off in the episode, and that's what Hugh knows. Um, Very consistent question that you and I have talked about since since we started covering the show and since episode one is, what the hell happened that night? Um, And when this episode starts, Hugh is in the interrogation room and you you think, oh, yes, it's going to happen. We're going to get it. We're going to find out what happens because he's got to like tell the cops what happens, right? I mean, there's, there's, where do you go from here? You have to, you have to say something. And just when you think you're going to get some answers, no, sorry, we were just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get any answers today. There's a three hour window (laughs) that he just won't share what's going on. And oh my gosh, like just what happened? Like what happened in that red room? Enough to make him not want to share that information. I mean, what happened to Olivia? We get the cop. He's doing his good cop routine, right? The sheriff. Um, he's he's given this whole routine and telling us what we already know, giving us the rundown. You know, we know Hugh took the kids out of the house. He took them to the hotel. He went back to the house, gone for several hours before he came back. But yes, like you just said, took him three hours mm-hmm. um, to call the cops. So what happened in that time? Like if his wife is already gone... If she's our, and he says, well, because I was mourning, you know, I was in shock. I was in mourning. I mean, it makes sense though, right? I mean, yeah. we know that's not what happened, but at least it, it, to me, it fits it. But I mean, clearly the cop is not buying a story and, you know, the sheriff, he's like trying to be all helpful and he plays into Hugh's need to fix things. Tell us him he can go at any time. All the while mm-hmm. he's blocking the door. Yeah. Which clearly states otherwise. Like, sure, you can go anytime, but not really. Yeah. You know who does that? Cops and car salesmen. Car salesmen, <laughs> they get your keys and you're like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go home and think on this. Like, well, you can if you had your keys, but I don't know where they are. Exactly. Or here, how about you just take this one home for the night? Yeah. Take it for the night and take it for a spin and let us know. That's where they get you. But 
Oh, I'm just like the whole time the sheriff's like, sure, you could call a lawyer and but, you know, why would you you know, it's best if we just fix it. Let's just I know you like to fix things. Let's get to it right now. And all the while I'm sitting there looking at Hugh going, oh, dude, just you better call Saul. That's yeah. Well, and he's been up for how long? I mean, probably over 24 hours. At least I, I think what happens starting to sink in and he probably realizes, listen, if I tell them my wife was possessed or it was a ghost that killed her or um, numerous things that were probably crazy to mm-hmm. just somebody listening in, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, you're going to the loony bin. We're taking your kids from you and sorry, that's just what's going to happen. I know. And he de- I mean, he, it, whether or not he knew he was telling that much information, because we did learn that at the end when the cops like, it, will you keep like arguing with us or not agreeing with us when we're saying that that um, that your wife committed suicide? You, you've said a couple times now the house killed her, and um, he's like, "Well, I've said a lot of things. I know what yeah. I've said." And he plays it off like, "You know what? I've been up all night. I my I just lost my wife. I I don't know what the hell I could be saying anything, and it probably sounds crazy right now. Um, I don't know. I just." It's so interesting to kind of figure to try and, and just speculate exactly what happened that whole time. Because if, I mean, if she's already gone, what the hell was he doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, we learned that it was blood on his clothes, which was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But I like that the the word or the the phrase that really got me is when the cop was talking to him was like, "We just want you to walk out here without a whiff of suspicion." Yep. You know, I, it's funny, and like you're like, well, this is very much a TV thing. You're like, no. When I was 18, I got pulled over by a cop, and he w- thought I was drinking, and he's like, hey, we're just out here looking for the truth. <laughs> and, like, I hadn't been drinking or anything. I'm like, I, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> so if, if we search your car, we're not going to find anything? No, you're not. There's nothing in there. <laughs> but you're guilty of something, damn it. We That's, know that yeah. you did something. <laughs> They're going to find some weed. They're going to find a gun under the seat. They're going to find something. What's this porn doing here? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, I, I thought it was a really great opener. I, it got me really excited thinking we we're going to get some answers, but no, nah, not yet. We're just going to, you know, we're going to keep you in suspense for a little while longer. But I did think it was interesting because we, we, we do get a little bit. We, we get little, few more pieces, but um, I don't know. That was my number five. What's yours? I like it. My number five, it's pretty much, it, it's there, there's kind of good, there's creepy, but there's weird in it too, but it's just the funeral. Yeah. So we get some good, uh, you know, Shirley kind of has a good speech. Luke's was really, really touching. Yeah. You know, he's up there talking about how he was, you know, born 90 seconds before Nell. So he always, you know, like he was the big brother and he'd always use that, but she was really always his big sister, which was, you know, like. I kind of think back, like my sister, I'm a little bit older than her, but she's definitely more the big sister to me, I would say. Aww. And so it kind of touched on that a little bit. That's um, nice. But everybody's kind of going through this. We we learn about what happened uh, with Shirley and her husband. So she won't ride in that limo. She won't ride in the limo with her sister. Uh-uh. And she ends up riding with her dad. Yep. And, uh, Last he, ride. I mean, he was pushing and pushing and pushing to try and fix something, to fix it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Olivia's in the back, like, saying, nope, just stop, just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of pushed too far, and, you know, there it was. Stuck his hand in the fan. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, such a great cut scene to that, too. It's yeah. Because, like, I mean, I don't know if that's a common saying, but it makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, you stuck your hand in the fan like you did something stupid or Whatnot. And then they cut to them working on a fan with the grate open. Mm-hmm. And we know this house. We know all this stuff. It's like, ah, 
and then it clicks. It's like, oh yeah, he had a bandage on his hand. Yeah, he? he's had his hand. Yeah, you, many times uh, you see uh, in the flashbacks, you see his hand wrapped up, and you don't think too much of it. I mean, oh yeah, clearly he's hurt, but you know he's doing repairs around the house. It makes yeah. sense. He's probably you know cut himself on something, but um, that was pretty messed up. Yeah, but and the creepiest thing in this whole scene is everybody leaves the gravesite, mm-hmm. and it's just Luke. And we've talked multiple times about how Luke's been pushed to the edge of, you know, falling back, going, you know, relapsing into drugs. Yeah. And he looks up and he sees his sister, mm-hmm. bent neck lady sister. And you think, oh, my gosh, like, that's got to be messing him up. And then he looks down in the grave and it's his mom. Yeah. In, like, a really creepy state, grabbing a hold of him, trying to pull him back in. I didn't hear what she said, though. I think she said, uh, stay. Like Okay. Like stay with me, or yeah. like and stay at the house. I think I think that's what she was saying. I'd have to double check that. Um, but did you catch what Nellie said to him? Mm-mm. Nellie said, um, "Don't." And I am almost positive that when she appeared to him in rehab, right before he left to go look for Joey, and he saw it was right after Nell had died, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and he's you know feeling his neck, and then he looks at the end of his bed and sees Nellie, and I swear she said go. Yeah, I think. And you and you think that oh she's probably talking about go go find Joey or go. But where is she talking about go? So if she says don't, it's kind of backwards, I think. But she said go at rehab. She said don't at the gravesite. Is that don't go? Is she warning him? Don't it go? It makes sense, yeah. I mean, don't go. Um, it's backwards like when we saw uh, Welcome Home or whatever it was when Nell got there. That was written backwards. Um, we know time is kind of messed up for her. So, yeah, I, right. I would probably say that means don't go to the house. That's And then, you and then yeah, then you have... Olivia in the grave, like stay. I could have yeah. swore she said um, that she had said stay. I'm trying to look it up right now. Which I've always seen. I think I've seen this in other like horror movies where like the ghost will hold somebody like in a room and say stay because they don't want to be alone. So I didn't know if maybe that's what she was kind of insinuating, like stay here at the gravesite with me, kind of thing. Hmm. Um. Yeah, she said. I just looked it up. It. She said stay. She said it twice. Okay. But, yeah, my number five is just kind of everything around the funeral. We're starting to get a little bit of details about more stuff with that as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, a good little jump scare in there. So, Oh, my gosh. I know the the hidden ghosts are not quite as hidden in, in this episode. They're definitely out in front of you because we have now um, and Olivia. And they're not looking pretty. They, mm-hmm. you know, they look very, um, you know, like decayed and rotted. And it was just, it's kind of sad that that's how he has to see his sisters, how he has to see his mother uh, when he does see them. He can't see them like, like Hugh sees Olivia, you know, you know, beautiful as he remembers her and in her prime. Um, but yeah, the whole, I'll, I'll jump into that a little bit on my number four and just kind of expand on that a little bit. And that's a little bit about a little, again, about Hugh, um, and him reaching out to his kids and some of the events surrounding the funeral before and after. Um, I, I, I'm really seeing the true patience of this man that he has, like he has this tremendous patience. I don't know that I would have if I were him in his shoes. You can really see how he controls his temper because he and Steven have really went at each other's throats and you have seen how he has maintained 
control and how he's controlled his temper. He's also controlled his temper when he's got Olivia over his, uh, you know, sitting on top of him with um, a screwdriver in his neck. Um, but Timothy Hutton, he looks, he's doing such a great job in this role. And in, in this episode, I think more so than others, he really does look a lot like an older Henry Thomas in this episode. And I can't help but just feel really bad for him. Um, I mean, I think I have for a little bit, but we it was hard to early, like in the first couple episodes, because we didn't see older Hugh very much. But yeah. now that we're kind of getting more and more of him, and you can just see how how worn he is, how weathered, beaten down by life he seems to look. And so I'm really feeling bad for him. And really, it's just unfortunate for him that he's gifted with the wrong thing to say. He really has tried throughout this episode you know, because things are wrapping up. They're burying Nell. It's going to be time for him to, you know, go back, you know, uh, to where he was and they're all going to scatter again. And it's clear that they haven't seen each other in a while. Um, and it's probably going to be a long time again before they see each other. So it's nice to kind of see how he goes out to each kid to try to reach out to him. And he's either saying the wrong things like he did with Shirley, like you just mentioned. He's, you know, trying to, you know, well, you know, people fuck up and you you have to remember all you have is each other. And like you said, the whole time Olivia's like, you know, just don't, just don't. And he ends up saying the wrong thing or he doesn't say anything at all. It's like he has the right words and he can't get them out. Like you can hear Olivia monologuing behind him trying to say the right things to say to Stephen. He has those words and he has that capacity, but for some reason he just can't get them out. And all he says is have a safe flight. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's such a, I mean, I don't know if I would assume a lot of people feel this way. Like you have this. You're having this conversation with somebody and you, you have that exact thing. Something in your head goes through this monologue of like, this is what you should say. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason you don't say it. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times I think as humans we think like, well, I don't want to say that because it may come off corny or it may, may make me look vulnerable or, or a bunch of different reasons instead of just saying truly how I feel. It's hard when you have that many – I mean we don't have – we know that they all saw each other at Nell's wedding, and that look sounds to be about a couple of years prior to her death, uh, when when she was married. Um, but prior to that, who knows how long it was since they had seen each other? Um, so it's like you said, you don't see someone for so long, and you just have that those years and that. And it's not just the years, but it's that estrangement, that anger. Because Stephen, I think, holds almost more anger towards his dad than all of them. I mean, they yeah. all are, are you know, pretty pissed at him for, you know, the information that he's held back. But it seems to be Steven that's really the one that cannot let that go and cannot hold his anger. And so you know, it's probably funny more difficult with He's them. probably the one that's benefited the most from that too because of all the, the vagueness of the stories. He was able to take that and create yeah. his empire off of it. Yeah, and he could – pretty much make up whatever he wanted out of what little they knew. Like you said, they took whatever he knew out of the tabloids and, you know, and he could just kind of run with it. But, you know, there's probably so many factors as to, you know, why he was unable to say what he, I I understand it. That's for sure. Um, But it was just, it was kind of rough and, you know, it was kind of a rough exchange there with Luke there at the end too. Um, you know, because he, you know, he's like, well, it's okay, you know, what you saw at the gravesite. You know, Stephen's trying to tell him he's crazy, but it's like, it's okay. You know, I see your mom and it's a coping mechanism, but sometimes it's not a coping mechanism. So whatever you saw, it's okay. It doesn't mean yeah. that you're crazy. But then Luke turns around and says, well, because big boys know the difference, right? Yeah. Which is exactly what he told Luke when he was a little boy, um, when he got the bowler hat. Um, 
So it kind of got turned around on him a little bit. So it was just kind of sad. The only really good one that came out of it was when he talked with Theo. I really, really loved that moment with yeah, him and Theo. True. That she was like, and and it makes sense that it was her because she is the one that's more um, empathic and she's a psychologist. And it was, I thought, really nice of her to say, you know, I should have tried harder with you or I should have tried more with you. So I like no, that. I- and I think she's coming from a point where, like, she, like she even says, it's like you don't really understand until you fuck up, like really fuck up. And that's so yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it, it's pretty hard to come back from like almost having sex with your sister's <laughs> significant other or trying to. Like that just that's just hard to come back from. Yeah, I still don't know what what transpired between those two. It's 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 something. Um, yeah. But we do what? know what came out of that. Kevin did not get to sleep at home that night. No, he slept I, at the hotel. Oh, I love when he comes back home. Cause I feel like he, he hasn't done anything wrong besides take the money. That was probably something he should have worked through. But I don't mm-hmm. think there's been anything going on between those two. Right. Um, but it was funny when he comes home and he's talking about like <laughs> he had to shower and do this and she just kind of looks at him. He's like, <laughs> on my way. Turns around, walks back out. Let me ask you, Sean, have you ever got that look? Yeah, <laughs> that, I don't know if I read the cues her. as well. Um, <laughs> that's that's a gift all on its own. <laughs> to be a man that can just tuck his tail and just go. Yep. Yes, dear. And just, yeah. <laughs> just go. Because even when go I get do those it, like, damn lilies. Yeah. Even when I do it, like it's not yes, dear, and walk out like quietly like he did, which is the smart thing to do. Like anytime you have a fight like that where if you're in the wrong or even if both you're in the wrong, it's just sometimes better for a cooler heads to prevail. Just walk out and kind of like we'll come back when we're cooler. But, you know, me, I'd be the guy stomping out of the house, <laughs> you know, not not handling it very mature. Puffing and puffing. Yeah. <laughs> Let it be known that you disagree. Yeah. I'm I gonna disagree. Get these, <laughs> I'm going to get these fucking lilies, but I'm not happy about it. I reject your lilies and just yeah. walk As out I the close door. the door, I'd be like, lilies fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that last word in. Are yeah. you one of those last word people? <laughs> I don't think so, but probably to an extent. <laughs> I'm gonna now go interview Tiffany and see. <laughs> I wanna get her side of things. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just like sports. Like you should record all of your arguments just to be like, oh, wow, I really was a jackass there, wasn't I? <laughs> I know. Oh, God, I don't wanna hear any of my shit. Oh, I'm know, an asshole. Right? Like, no, y'all was totally in the right. There's no video evidence to prove otherwise. Mm-mm, mm-mm, not at all. But yeah, I just, I really like that. I like this older version of Hugh. I, I really, really sympathize with him. Um, I think I kind of see where he's coming from and I understand his, I just, I, I think I kind of see his perspective a little bit. I don't, we don't quite know what happened yet and why he feels he has to protect the kids from the truth. But for some reason I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him here. So I, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I hope that, you know, um, I hope the family can come together in the end. That's what I hope for. Yeah. I, want to, I want them all to come together. So that's my number four. So my number four, we touched on kind of, what happened? So last episode, we saw Hugh talking to himself, and it's like, okay, who's he talking to? And we learn in this episode pretty early, he's talking to to Olivia, and we see it. And to me, instantly, I'm like, oh my god, that's her. And we learn later in the episode, he talks about like, oh, well, it's a coping mechanism. You know, mm-hmm. I talked to my therapist; he says it's fine, but he also says sometimes it's not. And that got me thinking. That it's like okay, well, is the is the beautiful live that we see him talking to the the calm the the very like live that he remembers? Is it any point in time that actually ghosts live? 
But then I remembered the very first episode when he's laying in bed and a creepy old looking hand spoons him and it's <gasps> old Liv. So to me, I think that whenever he's talking to the beautiful Liv, that's just in his imagination. Yeah. And if he sees the older, like scary Liv, that's that's the actual ghost Liv. Because the, and the, my reason for that is in this episode, we see ghost Liv in the grave and that's who mm-hmm. Luke sees. Yep. And it kind of tied the two together that he's seeing that as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have any if he inputs on that, but I, I was just kind of thought that was interesting. That I think whenever we see like the decaying ghost, it's that's the actual ghost. I th- that makes sense to me. So I I like that that observation because we have seen, and I'm just trying to kind of count it out in my head. So. Young Theo, we see her when she touches her mom. She sees that really wicked, decaying half, her mom's half face is gone or whatever. Yeah. Um, we see creepy ghost Olivia. Um, Steven sees her in, in is it Two Storms? He sees her standing by Nellie's grave. Um, we see her in this episode twice behind the desk. We see her in the grave, um, in, in Nellie's grave. Um trying to think all the other times i think there's there's been other times i can't recall them just off the top of my head but that makes total sense because i i had speculated that he was talking to liv's ghost and it wasn't necessarily her ghost it is his coping mechanism so it's in his head um and his like projection of her and how he remembers her um so that so knowing that 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 what we see is his coping mechanism and is a projection from his own memories of of her and what she would say versus when we see her as the ghostly figure. I think that makes total sense. So I agree with that as I'm sitting here talking it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was something I kind of – I kind of – I wish it it was actually her ghost that he was talking to. Like somehow she kind of hitched his ride because – there's I something know. romantic about that, like if if because yeah. it was it was the live that he remembered, like it wasn't an older live or anything. And if if he had this tragic event happen where he lost the love of his life, but he was at least able to kind of carry her with him through his life, like there's something kind of beautiful about that. Yeah, I was um, hoping that she was more of the ghostly live and not a, just a, pro- a projection and a coping mechanism for him because to have to keep seeing her that way, yeah, you know decaying and and half her face looks like it's missing and mm. now let's reverse that like let's say like the same conversation same kind of tone but it looked like the live that we saw in the grave would you be okay with that or would you be more like all right babe like just stand behind me talk to me i can't look <laughs> at you all the time because it's a little creepy no i don't think i'd be okay with that at all um no i wouldn't like that <laughs> but it but it makes sense in 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 this sense of of how that is that you know this is how he remembers her in their prime the live that we've gotten to know um in, in the flashbacks um and then that helps you kind of differentiate also who you're seeing that this is yeah. like the projection in his you know what's in his head and how he remembers her versus the real ghost live that we're getting and and it looks like it's not just him that sees her that way the kids are seeing her that way too. Yeah. That well, sucks. yeah, because Steven saw her, and then uh, uh, Shirley saw. Her. Yeah, I think almost all of them have seen her. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's my number four. Is just kind of dissecting a little bit closer the talking to Olivia. Oh, I like it. I like it. I liked. I liked that he had her because it. It seemed that 
their little conversations they had, you know, um, kind of sounded like her, like what she yeah. would really say. So it, it, it makes sense. And I did like it. All right. So my number three, I'm going to talk, I have to talk about this because it was so great. What a great point in this episode. And that's Mr. Dudley's story. Um, I, I kind of had this feeling that we were going to get something about Mr. and Mrs. Dudley's history of the house. It's like they have to, you know, it's like you know that she's been there for a while, but we don't really know a lot about them. They're kind of mysterious. You don't see them very often in the episodes. They have a couple of words, you know, in the episodes that they're in, and that's it. Well, now we get Mr. Dudley's story, and I really, really liked this episode, and I liked this story. Robert Longstreet is the actor who plays Mr. Dudley. I think he's got such a, a really great voice um, that really grabs your attention. But it's not just his voice. We've heard like five words <laughs> from Mr. Yeah, Dudley. Yeah, he hasn't really talked much. Like, I know. We're, hey, here's a key. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we're in like episode, uh, what is it, seven, and – We've had like five words from him since episode one. And so when he does start to finally speak, you're captivated because this has been a man of little words and we haven't seen a lot from him. So when he starts to speak, you're like, oh, or at least for me, that was my experience. I was like, oh, he's got something to say and it's going to make an impact. So that was the very first thing that that I thought when this began. So he talks about how, you know, his mom Um, and how she was kitchen staff, how the house affected her, how she experienced something like the fugue state that Olivia did in the last episode in Two Storms, but he calls it scattered. Um, He mentions that she talked to people who are unseen, and this happens um, all up until she, she dies. Well, then we find out Mrs. Dudley also started to work in the household. She cared for um, Mrs. Hill, uh, and that's how they met. He was still there at the house um, helping and working, and she began working there. She experiences even more horrific things at the house than what his mom did. Um, and she ends up getting pregnant, and then the baby ends up being stillborn. I mean, absolutely tragic and sad. And if that's not enough, um, so she's Mrs. Dudley had to work up in day and night up until her, her delivery. And then when the baby is born, she is stillborn and that's terrible. Um, but it kind of, it's kind of symbolic that even that, that life just does not flourish inside these walls at all. It's like, it, it's a terrible dark thought, but that's kind of what I, what I was thinking. So as if it's not terrible enough, when Mrs. Dudley goes back, she immediately throws herself back into work but then the house starts working on her again, and she starts to hear a baby crying. Yes. Which, do you recall, from episode one, the yes. very first scene, Yes, there's a baby crying. Mm-hmm. And we think it's Nell. No, because- when I first saw it, like I, I didn't really understand the, uh, the kids' like age difference. Mm-hmm. So we see going into Nell's room, and I'm like, okay, she's a little bit older than a baby. But they started talking about Theo, and I was like, oh, well, Theo must be the youngest. Right. Because it took me a little bit to figure out, like, wait a minute, those two are the youngest. Theo's, like, in the middle. Yeah. So you tie that all the way back around. There's not a baby in that house. There was not a baby. There there were no uh, crane babies. So, yeah, I, I did think about that. And that's now we know that that is what the baby was crying in the opener is – Mrs. D- Mr. and Mrs. Dudley's baby girl and it terribly heartbreaking. But what I love about it is it shows the complexity of this show and the story and how well Mike Flanagan is doing to pull it off. I mean, mm-hmm. 
to have that in the very beginning, to have that story now to kind of tell you what's happening. I loved it. Um, and then this is, of course, what we learn about the Dudley's rule about not being in the house after dark, um, that they said that they he suggested that they need time out of that house. Like when his mom started getting away from the house, it was better. When his wife was away from the house, it was better. Um, and this is what he suggests to Hugh about Olivia is that maybe she needs some time away, not from her family, that it's not her family or, you know, anything and, and her husband, it is strictly the house. And, and, I mean, it was such an impactful moment and, and Hugh still doesn't quite get it. And it's like, dude, what is it taking? And then yeah. we say, we see what it takes yeah. later, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but well, I uh, love like, so, and this is my number two, but I love that Mr. Dudley basically comes in, like you say, he's a man of few words. So like he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to get a point across Yeah, and he starts talking and like, it's very respectful. He's like, it may not be my place, but maybe your wife needs some time away from the house. Yeah. And Steve, and the the way it was delivered, it was perfect because it's kind of like, yeah, I think you're right. Pause. Because I think he thinks like, yeah, you're probably right. She does. Yeah. Without saying the word but, but he's like, it's not your place to say. Yeah. Now, he could have sat there and been like, oh, you just got the red flag. You just got the warning and you didn't take it. But Mr. Dudley just goes like, okay, well, it may not be my place, but here's my story. Yeah. And I mean, all these checkboxes of like, yeah, she's scattered. She's doing these things. I just looked at these plans, the master plan, mm-hmm. and all she did was draw the forever house all inside of this. Yeah. And again, like she, the part that wakes him up, you know, like you know, you wait is a man that's <laughs> married. You know, this is the dream. You wake up, your wife's on top of you, and she's, you know. <laughs> Taking control, and you're like, yes, like I've been working on this house. We've got this mold <laughs> issue, and you're like, ow, what's that? In my holy shit, that's a fucking screwdriver. I wanted to get screwed, <laughs> not stabbed. No kidding, it's not the good screwdriver, not the one with vodka and OJ. Yeah. <laughs> There's no good screwing in this situation. Just no jabs to the neck. Which she had her head back, and like it was, oh. Uh, she looked like she was in a trance. Yeah. yeah, and she wakes up not realizing it. And what's funny is when she brought those master planes down, she looked like super healthy. She looked good. She looked, you know, like mm-hmm. like fresh shower, fresh, like just fresh. Yeah. But when he shows her those plans with the Forever House, her hair was all messed up. She looked scattered. She looked just like a completely different person. Yes. It, it was so difficult in this episode to see because we've gotten, I mean – Carla, I always pronounce her name wrong, sorry, Gugino, who plays Olivia, she is so beautiful. I've been a a longtime fan of hers, watched many of things that she's in. I always thought she was so beautiful um, and and talented. And to see, you know, how fresh she looks, you know, after, I mean, she's got, you know, all these kids and she should look a lot more haggard. She should have like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, five kids, she, you're flipping a house. Yeah. Flipping and a you house. see ghosts. There's, there's, you know, you, you bought this money pit and you're having issues. You got all these kids you're having to keep entertained and, and you're not getting much sleep because they're constantly waking up with nightmares. She should look a hell of a lot more frazzled, but she looks amazing and fresh and she's got this great attitude. And it's really sad to see her in this episode descent into this 
frazzled mess. I mean, she's a mess. She's falling apart yeah. in this episode that we've seen. So it was it was sad to see that for sure. I like I it. Like it. Like it. Well, we kind of touched a little bit on my on my number three, and it is just live. Um, okay. I mean, we touched on a bunch of it. I mean, like you said, she looked. In some of these scenes, she looked really good. Uh, one thing my wife pointed out, she mm-hmm. didn't really watch this, but she was kind of sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. So as they're in the basement with the cops when they find the body, everybody has a mask on but Liv. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just a, oh, hey, I'm wandering down here and I don't have a mask, but it just seemed kind of odd. Yeah. Um, and I, I've never been around black mold. I know a little bit um, – know enough that it to know it's not great. I remember whenever I knew a lot more back in the day, but when you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, whenever I was a realtor in the day, that was always something that we had to kind of be aware of. Mm. Um, you know, if, if a house had, you know, if you get a listing for a house or you're looking at houses for, for people that you're going to show, show to, um, you know, and, and there had been some treatment for, for mold, that was always something, you know, you had to kind of be aware of, you had to kind of be able to speak about it. It's not a great thing. Black mold can be very dangerous and yeah. it can be hazardous. And I think it could cause some, you know, um, I don't know. I, I would think maybe that you just maybe not be able to think straight. It could cause some, I thought I've heard, yeah, it can cause psychological kind of issues. Sure. Yeah. I think so it can I, make you scattered. Yeah. And again, you look at it like, okay, well, is, is there a natural explanation for all this stuff? You know, like, uh, I, I hope not. Like, I don't want I there do to too. be. <laughs> I don't want there to be either. I don't want this to um, be. If, if if this comes down, and I, I don't think so, because I think that this story is smarter than this, I, but I want just a good old-fashioned, I'm okay with where they're going with it so far, but I want a good old-fashioned haunting story. Oh, I agree. If this wraps up like, oh, the house has black mold, yeah. so it's driving everyone crazy, I might well, stab someone in the fucking eyeball <laughs> with a screwdriver. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, when you mix asbestos and black mold, you get acid. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number three. We talked a little bit about it. Was just kind of lives downward spiral. I like that. Well, I'm going to add on to that because that's my number two, and that's her Olivia's slow descent. Um, I really got a little bit of Jack Nicholson in this episode. Yes. Jack Nicholson's all work and no play. Little Jacqueline Torrance. Yes. She <laughs> or Jackie. Jackie Torrance Jackie from like Castle Torrance. Rock. <laughs> Little throwback. Um, but if if for anyone, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything, come on, The Shining's freaking 20 plus years old. If you haven't seen it already, I think the spoilers no longer apply. But if you've seen The Shining, you would remember um, Jack Nicholson sitting at his typewriter, typing out all work and no play for like 800 pages or something. It was insane. And so you get this constant repetition with the forever home in the blueprints of Hill House. Oh, yeah, good so call. it was very that's what it reminded me of. I, we're getting a couple shining references. I didn't I forgot to mention them on last week's episode. They were in my notes, but my notes were kind of scattered. Maybe I, I think the show's making me <laughs> scattered, but it was legit. I had notes in one place and then notes in another, so I completely overlooked them, but there was a tricycle in last week's episode when um uh, Hugh was looking for Nell and looking for Olivia. Um, there was a door open and there was a red tricycle in the doorway. Uh, I put it on. I put it on our Facebook page. So if anybody wants to go look at the screenshots, so we're getting a lot of shining stuff here. That's what that reminded me of. But 
when they're when he finally confronts her, um, you know, she's having you know this weird thing with the blueprints. She's sitting on top of him with a screwdriver um, in in his neck. He finally confronts her, talks to her about this, and she kind of starts to kind of come around to the idea of like, hey, it might be a good idea for her to visit her sister um, because he's afraid that she's going to be losing it. And she's a little slightly offended by it. But what really gets me in this scene, in that scene when they're um, in her office, I guess it is where she does her drawings. What really got me is she bursts out with it just snuck up on me is what she says. But then I go and to sadness and then worry because then she quickly she's I mean she's she's legit falling apart and says it just snuck up on me. We've never seen Olivia this way, right? Yeah. She's always super strong and like Yeah. She's always got her shit together and she's really losing her shit in this one. But then all of a sudden as she's losing it just as quickly like a snap of your fingers, she comes back and she tucks her hair behind her ears and says I'll sort it out. And that moment made me very nervous because I think that is when we see someone that's not Olivia mm. kind of taking control of her. And I think it's, I think we're already a little bit too late. Um, so just seeing her in that descent and in that particular scene where, you know, it, where we are seeing her, her hair's frazzled because her hair's always looking great. Um, but yeah, you, she's, she's, in tears and crying and she goes from losing it to quickly regaining it. And that's when I'm like, Nope, I've seen enough movies to know that that's not really her. There's something <laughs> happening there. So that's my number two. And it may, and I, I started to wonder, did you kind of feel like she took the drawings of, or was drawing their forever home in Hill house because she's saying that's going to be their forever home. I could get that, yeah. That makes like they're sense. never going to build this actual real forever home. That their forever home is Hill House. Yeah, like they're going to uh, be stuck there. This is their forever home. That's what I got from that. I can see it. <laughs> it makes sense. Ooh, creepy. Or well, something else is doing that through her. Like, oh no, your forever right. home is here. Right. Maybe it's not exactly live, but whatever is kind yeah. of I feel, yeah. in my opinion, kind of taking her over. And it's like a warning. I feel like there's warnings happening here. And and this is a big one, and um, it's just not – they're not picking up on it, and it's totally lost on them. So that's my number two. Uh, let's see. So my number two is just Mr. Dudley, which we've touched on quite a bit, I think. So okay. what's your number one? Well, short and sweet, but that's this other body. What the that's hell? That's my number one as well. <laughs> okay, well, let's just talk about it because it's – I don't have a whole lot to say, but just my question, what the hell is so scary in that house? That you have to brick yourself up in the damn wall. <laughs> I didn't think about it from that aspect. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> I uh, and like maybe he couldn't get out of the house, so that was the only way he could do it was to brick himself in. Maybe. Uh, no, it's so that whole situation there. It's so, like we open this this episode up with Hugh in the interrogation room, and he's talking about Olivia. The the cop is, and he's like, and we're not even talking about the second body. And so instantly I'm like, wait, second body? Yeah. We, we know nothing about a second body. I know. That was a little bomb drop. And they do a great job of showing and, – and I mean it was kind of – I mean they kind of threw it right there. It's like when they see that brick wall, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I bet that's where a body is. Sure. But you learn why it is. And I don't know if you caught this, but as he's chipping away at the bricks and he puts his hand in and falls back, did you mm-hmm. see the go- – and I think it's probably in our ghosts that were hidden. But <laughs> did you see the the ghost woman watching him right there from the side? <sighs> 
Yes. Uh, I yes. saw that, paused it, and I had I told Tiffany, like, hey, I'm not going to make you watch this, but look at this. This is what this show does. It has ghosts hiding in plain sight. And mm-hmm. I showed her that, and she's like, ugh. Yes. And this one was close. Yeah. Like, most of them we get are way back in the foreground, and it feels they're like kind they're getting of blurry. Closer. I know, and that's why... I think that's what's really brilliant. I think that's really telling about the the how it's escalating. Like this shit is getting ready to hit mm. like Hugh's hand, the shit's getting ready to hit the fan because the these hidden ghosts that are normally like hiding behind curtains and hiding back in a very back corner room and you really gotta zoom in on them or or whatever to really see them. This one was in your fucking face yeah. and probably the closest one that we've seen yet. And yeah, it scared the bejesus out of me. Ugh. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> it's like the ghosts are comfortable, like, oh, well, you're going to be here forever. Creepy blonde ghost. That's what I'm calling her. And seriously, how many times do people have to keep sticking their face in that fucking hole in the wall? I mean, were you ready for something to, like, oh, jump yeah. out and something to happen? Because Hugh, like, you know, carves that out to kind of look at the wall and feel the wall and the dampness and and he's like sticking his whole face up in there. Mr. Dudley sticks his face in there. They're sticking their hands in there. I'm like, oh my God, why are you tempting fate? Yeah. Like I don't even stick my hand like in anything in my house. And my house is fairly new, so No, I no, I ain't no. I'm not putting my face in that at all where something can grab me or punch me in the face or something or grab my hair and pull me through a wall. Have you never seen a scary movie in your entire (laughs) life? Jeez. Oh my god, I just kept going, stop, why are you doing that? (laughs) And then look what happens. He takes that Polaroid picture and I don't know about you, but um, I saw um, uh, an image of a bowler man, uh, or not a bowler man, but like the the man wearing oh, a bowler yeah. hat. Oh, no, and that, now that you say it, yeah. And then the image on the wall looked hmm. like as, as they peel the wall away when the, when it starts, it looks like that moldy stuff starts to form on the wall. That's when that's what he saw when he got his hand caught in the fan because he wasn't paying attention. He was so like what the hell am I looking at here? He sees that image on the wall and it looks similar to what he took on the Polaroid. And it's this like image of a man with a bowler hat. And then what the hell do we see in the wall? A man with a freaking cane and the bowler hat. Yeah. Creepy, huh. ca- creepy cane, man, yeah, creepy bowler ghost. Freaking, um, Mr. Hill. Can't think of his damn name right now. Cause I'm too damn scared to think about it. But, um, yeah, that whole basement thing. And, you know, just, just, Bad juju. No, just bad juju. Yeah, not a fan whatsoever. No. But yeah, I'm curious to see what, like, and anytime you see things where a body is exposed, like, typically that's when, like, even energy's released even more. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious, like, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe they've released him, but we saw the bowling man standing next to Theo when she went back 20 plus years later, so. Mm-mm. No, nothing, no, just not good. And, I feel, I don't know, you know, they bought this house to flip it and you can't really, I mean, you can't go in and do a renovation on this old house the way that you would other types of houses. I mean, you want to retain the beauty of this house. I mean, this house, ghost aside, 
let's just say it's not haunted. That house is gorgeous. Oh yeah, that's a big, beautiful house. Yeah, I mean we we talked about it before. The, just the woodwork alone, you you want to retain the integrity of all of that for sure. It would be cool to like update the kitchen a little bit, you know, because that's always something people look at. But you know, but there are some things I'm sure that are in need of 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 you know switching and and making it a little bit more fresh, but yet retaining that beautiful history of that beautiful home, so you can flip it. But I feel like that's when I hear stories the most of, you know, people can move into a house and nothing happens, but then they start doing renovations. They start tearing down walls. They start, you know, ripping things apart, you know, to, to do a renovation. And then all of a sudden shit hits the fan because you're Mm. pissing off the original residents and they're like, I don't like it leave my house alone. And I, I don't know, I don't think that this is what happened because clearly this history or this, there's a long, long history of this house that we hear about from Mr. Dudley, but I just feel like he's not helping the situation at all by these renovations and things that he's doing. And I want to find out where the hell that water's coming from, what's causing the moisture. Um, and of course, what the fuck's in that red room? Yeah. Well, it's open now. At least we know it's open. (sighs) Yeah. Because, um, we, it, it's open because Olivia did not go. Isn't that what the explanation was? What the sheriff says at the end, Hugh thinks Olivia has gone to Janet's, but she hasn't. Shirley ends up waking him up to say that she was in the kitchen. And then that's when he runs to the red room. I thought one of them said, she, or maybe he said he, she was in the red room or something like that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Oh, all right, really good top five. Um, notes. What the hell notes do I have? Mine are all scattered again. This show is fucking with me. I feel a little bit like Liv. I just don't feel myself, and I've been getting these <laughs> migraines lately. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. And I need to start. Apparently, I have a drinking problem now. I really need to start drinking my wine out of a sippy cup. Last week, I spilled my red wine all over my keyboard. <laughs> And uh, now my keyboard is like super sticky and um, pissing me off. Now every um, time you type, it's like <laughs> when Rima pods without wine makes her a mad, mad girl. Yep. Makes me cranky. <laughs> I really like in this episode that we got to meet Aunt Janet. I know she was somewhere in the background at the wedding, um, but we kind of got the full on introduction of Aunt Janet. I really like that there was no animosity there towards Hugh. I feel like he's got a little bit towards uh, her. I, I felt but- it was kind of like the... Uh, because when, when she sees him, she's kind of like, oh, you. Oh, I guess she probably said Hugh, not you. I think she said Hugh. I had to, I had to watch it twice um, but, to catch that. I think, she, she, I think she was a little bit more mature about this meeting up in this funeral situation than, than what Hugh probably was. Not that he acted immature, yeah. but I think that he had more outward animosity towards her. And she was kind of like, I want to say something to you. Yeah. Or I really don't want to speak to you, but I'm not going to because this isn't the time or place. I feel like she's kind of the kind of person that any chance she gets, she'll make it about her. Mm-hmm. Like I know she was probably really upset about Nell passing away, but it was kind of over the top. Like I'm kind of putting on a little bit of a show, maybe not purposely, but I know people that are like that. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I saw, maybe a little bit in her. Because I mean, I don't know if she still stayed in contact with him. The kids all seem to like love her. Right. I bet like, they you know, kept in contact with her over their dad. When, yeah, because when Hugh showed up, they're kind of like, oh, it's dad. But when she showed up, they're like, oh, Aunt oh, Janet, Aunt giving Janet. her hugs. And yeah, big hugs, big her. reunion. Yeah. But she was, I mean, whatever you say about her, she was 
nice and decent to him because she did have sympathy for him. She's like, I'm so sorry. None of us should be here. And that's totally true. So I like that we got the little introduction of, of, of Aunt Janet. Don't know if we'll see her or not, but it was good to see a little bit of the story there. There was a lot that we were told without words. Um, I thought it was interesting that we learned in this episode, the storm that we saw in last week um, was focused on Hill House. Uh, the Dudleys yeah. only got a little bit of rain. Yeah. Um, but was this it like whole, a 10-minute walk on foot? Well, probably less. Yeah. I mean, that's a little interesting there. Why, why and what for that? Um, I really liked Hugh's quote when he was talking about the potential uh, damage to the house. And he says, this could ruin us. And I'm like, dude, in more ways than one, mm. will this house ruin you? You just, you have no idea. You think mold is your problem? <laughs> and um, no, goes goes farther than that. Um, I learned, this was new to me, uh, beer and tomato juice is a hangover remedy, but heroin uh, is yeah. better. <laughs> it's max better. I've always heard that if, uh, if you're really hungover to chug a beer, mm-hmm. um, but I've always kind of felt that that's like a, like one step closer to becoming an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Like that might even be the point over if you're like, oh my god, I'm so hungover, I need to drink more beer. Uh huh. So I've never I've never tested that theory out. I'm not one to um, you know I've I've been told many times you know it, I have only had a few. I'm one of those fortunate people. I do not suffer from hangovers. I have to be pretty terrible oh. um, to to have a hangover. But when I have, someone's always like, "Oh, a little hair of the dog will do you." No, no, that's okay. I I think that I'll just stick to. Um, I'll take a, a. There's what what's a good one that I've done. Um, something with electrolytes like Pedialyte. Yeah. Ibuprofen and Gatorade, that usually will get you. Pedialyte, but um, also, and, and guys, don't, don't, don't snub your nose at this, but uh, Pamperin. Hmm. Extra strength Pamperin because it is good for uh, back aches. There's caffeine in it um, and it all around body aches. I'm telling you what, it's a miracle hangover cure. Hmm. Um, Pamperin and Pedialyte. God, I hate being hungover. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I just, I don't suffer from it. I really don't. Um, That's a superpower I wish I had. It is a superpower. I do, I get a little bit dehydrated because I don't drink water for shit. Like I won't Mm. drink, like I'll drink, um, you know, two or three glasses of wine, but I can't drink a glass of water in the day at all. (laughs) Um, I, I found it interesting in this episode that, Finally, Hugh hears something in the house. He hears that scratching in the wall. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, he finally hears something that's not right. Like, he has been dismissive this whole time of his kids and all the happenings, trying to find some rational explanations behind what's happening. And finally, he hears something. And that, I wonder, do you take that as maybe it's a warning to Hugh? Is Mr. Hill behind the wall trying to warn Hugh, get the fuck out of this house? It's going to do maybe. to you what it did to me? Yeah, that's a good call. I'm, I kind of wonder if, I mean, obviously, Liv has these powers. And so, and they flipped a lot of houses. So I'm sure they've mm-hmm. gotten into houses where she's experienced something, but not to this nature. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's just kind of played dumb to it his entire life. So to him, if they're here, it's like, okay, this is another, just there's there's some ghosts, it's some weird, some are like more aggressive than others, but I'm going to completely ignore it. I'm not going to, because if I think about it, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. And in this house, it's like, okay, listen, we're going to fuck you up because we're <laughs> Hill House. <laughs> yes. We will ruin you. 
Yes. We will ruin you. But I just thought it was interesting that he finally has an experience. Like he, granted it was a skeleton, but he takes that Polaroid where he gets that image of a man in, a, in the bowler hat. That image starts to come across there on the wall. Yeah. Um, he hears the scratching behind the wall where there's a dead body. To me, it sounds like a warning because he's he's heard nothing else. He's heard no voices. He's seen no ghosts. He's had no experiences, but he finally hears something. To me, it's almost like a warning, a warning from the dude who buried himself in his own house and was missing <laughs> for since like 1948 or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I just, I don't know if there's something about that or not, if we'll find out anymore, but those are all the notes that I have. Do you have any notes? Uh, I've got a few. Um, so I thought it was really cool whenever they were talking with a guy who was bringing in the fans mm-hmm. and Steve and uh, Hugh was like, Oh, well we can, we'll take care of it. Cause you know, money's tight. And he's like, what's well, tough job for a kid. And he looks over at Steve and is like, Oh, well, he's not a kid. Kind of gives him a wink, which, yeah. you know, that that's kind of like you're, you know, you're a, a kid becoming an adult, like a man and you know, your dad kind of gives you that, like, you know, we can do this. Can't we buddy? Like, I thought that was kind of cute. It was, uh, let's see. Uh, just the interactions with Olivia a little bit, like there was the, I probably should have talked a little bit more on my, my number one, but you know, when he sat down and talked with Luke, you know, she was saying that, you know, Hey, he doesn't want to make this about him. Mm-hmm. Um, when he sees Steve and his wife kind of having their issue, she says, Hey, I know what you're thinking that they, you wish they had better role models for marriage. And it's like, we were, we were a lot better before the house. Yeah. Like before that night we were, we were good. We were solid. Yeah. That was nice. Um, uh, the other thing I thought was kind of cool was when they're talking about uh, Theo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Luke and, and Hugh, and he's like, oh, yeah, your mom knew. Your mom and I knew. It's like I think your mom figured it out when she was like eight years old that you know she was gay. Um, I thought that was kind of a nice little touch. Cause, it I mean, was nice. You would expect like an older dad. Like, I felt like Luke might have been like, oh, shit, like, you probably don't know, do you? Like, like totally lost on you. Yeah, and he hasn't been like, in their lives since yeah, – I mean, yeah. basically since Hill House, he hasn't really been in their lives. So – you know, and it was like he's clearly like, yeah, just yeah, we knew, like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it's just we we've known, and it's just a thing, and that's how it is that Theo Theo's into bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, on top with the the screwdriver, like we talked about, um, and then uh, well, I guess there's two other things we didn't really touch on. So there was Luke leaving. Mm-hmm. So there's the moment with Luke, he leaves, and there's the open purse. So we're yeah. assuming he's probably going out trying to find drugs. But the ending of this episode, we see them figuring out, like, oh, my God, Luke went out for drugs. And all of a sudden, Theo and Hugh see some muddy footprints. <gasps> but and they follow they, said. But did they look muddy to you? Did it look like mud? Well, it looked like it was like kind of like dry dirt, I guess, like somebody coming from a fresh grave. You know what it looked like to me? Mold. Uh, I don't know. Look like mold hmm. from the basement. It because it wasn't. It didn't look like um ha, like big pieces of it, like dirt, like from a cemetery or something. It looked I like gotcha. mold. It looked like black uh, freaking mold. <laughs> could be. Yeah, that made more sense, I guess. <laughs> but yes, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they get to that room. Lights aren't working. Forever house is destroyed. And that was was that baby? Was that young now? That I came think crawling it, up. I think it was Olivia. It looked like okay. Olivia to me. That I couldn't quite tell when I was looking at it because it looked like there was like a slice in the head. So it makes sense if it was Olivia. Mm-hmm. But at this point now we have two people that have seen the same thing at the exact same time. Yes. And they are both freaking out. Yes. 
And so, like, again, like, that's when we get the cut of the red room door open. I got chills thinking about this scene now. I know. I've got chills, too. I, I, I legit do have chills running up down my body. I have goosebumps on my goosebumps. So it's it's like, okay, like, if it can't be, like, some kind of weirdness. It's got to be actually some kind of ghost thing. So Yeah, it's escalating. Uh, but, but, yeah, that's all the notes I had. I like it. I liked, I don't have it in my notes, but I was thinking about it for sure because I thought it was an interesting moment when, right, you mentioned that conversation between um, Hugh and Luke about Theo. Like, oh, maybe you didn't know about um, about Theo. Um, but that was, but just prior to that, that really sweet girl that uh, Theo met at the nightclub that she kind of keeps coming around and keeps coming around and she shows up and Theo gets pissed. Um, like, what the hell are you doing here? If I wanted you to know, I would have told you. And I, at first I was kind of like, man, why is she being such a, a freaking hag to her? You know, she was, you know, she, she saw it, she wanted to be there. But then I thought, you know what? I kind of see maybe Theo shouldn't have lashed out at her so much, but I think the reason why she didn't want her there was um, it's kind of nice when you're going through something so tragic like that. Like they just lost their sister and they've had this whole, just their whole damn family is a tragedy mm-hmm. that this is like the one person in Theo's life or that she knows that is untouched by it, that she's not there. She doesn't know anything about it that Theo could then after this funeral, then go to this girl and just, have like an escape from what just happened because this girl wasn't there and she didn't also have to see her at her lowest point. That's kind of a big thing too. So I could kind of see that. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense when you kind of maybe want to escape to someone if you've had, if you've lost someone in your life. And of course you have, you're surrounded by friends and family, but I think it would be kind of nice to have a person who's untouched by it and doesn't really know about it or wasn't there and didn't have to see you at your worst. If it's someone that you're really grieving for um, to, to kind of, you know, as an escape. So I saw that. And then I love that moment as Theo stomps away. And then that girl looks over at Hugh and Luke and they both just kind of <laughs> awkwardly just yeah. wave at her like, Hey, <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's kind of interesting, but really great notes, really good stuff. Um, gosh, I can't wait till the next one. I'm like you, as soon as we jump off here, that's where I'm going. Um, I don't care how scared I get. <laughs> Um, so we're going to just a little bit in the news. I'm going to talk first about our hidden ghosts for this episode. So this first one is in this episode. We take a break from some of the hijinks, but there is a hidden figure. It's about 38 minutes into eulogy. This is in the hallway when Hugh has ran up through the hallway and he's trying to bust in uh, the red uh, the red room and he's What's that? Is that what the hell is that tool? Uh, it's I, like I'm, a crowbar. I was, yeah, okay, I crowbar. saw that in the doorway. Thank you. This is my girl showing that I can't remember oh. what these tools are. I've seen one, haven't had to use one, but yes, he's trying to pry the door open. He's shoving the screwdriver in the in the thing. But anyway, he falls to the floor. Um, if you look in the door way behind him, it's cracked. There's a white face. Yep. And it's very blurry and it's very quick. You see it a little bit better uh, when he stands up after he picks himself up off the floor. You see it just a little bit better, but it's still kind of blurry, but it's there. So that's one hidden ghost in this episode. The next one, you mentioned it earlier, um, really good catch. The uh, blonde figure, we're calling her the blonde in the basement. Um, She is standing um, when Hugh is staring through with the flashlight in the hole. He's got his mask on. If you look just directly behind him, behind the like this pole 
freaking long ass blonde hair and a face right in front of you with her hand wrapped around the um the the pole there it's not a pole what the hell is that thing um but she's staring at him okay again next we have the same hidden ghost this one is creepy as hell same mm. damn thing but it's when all the sheriffs did you see it then when the sh- they're all they're, there's like three sheriffs and Hugh are standing in front of the wall and there's a, a sheriff one of the cops is standing practically in the doorway and literally right next to him is that same creepy mm. blonde ghost um, who is staring at him in her big ass hand. If you don't see her face, you see her hands. This ghost's got some big, creepy, <laughs> bony hands right around the doorway. It's like she's peeking out with her hand wrapped around the doorway. Holy hell, scare the shit out of me. Um, those are our only hidden ghosts because in this episode, we didn't have as many hidden ghosts. We had more ghosts, but they were in your face. Mm. Um, like with you Nelly. said, they're starting to come more and more out of the woodworks, I think. Yeah, and and, and then the hidden ones are coming up more yeah. and more in front of you. Um, so they're not only becoming where people are actually seeing them, they're not hidden, but the hidden ones are actually like, Hey, hello, I'm right here. You know? Um, so yeah, so this, this triggered a, another note I was thinking. So when we talked earlier about Hugh seeing Olivia as herself, like it was kind of his, um, it was his like coping mechanism. Uh-huh. I've been wondering the guy we see that, uh, Shirley sees with a drink. Like, we don't see that many ghosts that look normal, right? Right. So I wonder if that person is, like, a past lover that had died or a past fling that had died, and that's, like, her coping mechanism. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious about that. That just triggered back in my mind. I meant to mention that earlier, but. That's a really good point. Yeah, he's not decayed and decrepit, which makes it seem like she's pulling that from a memory. Like, Hugh is pulling his vision and, you know, a projection of Olivia as a memory that he has of her. Could have been a bar fling. She was at some kind of, you know, funeral home conference, and he was there with his drink, and maybe something happened that night, and something happened to him, and. I wouldn't doubt it. And you know what? I wouldn't blame her one damn bit. (laughs) Get that shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. We do have actually one news item. This is unrelated to um, House of of Haunting Hill. I will have news as we get to the end, um, but so much of it is spoilery. So I'm holding off on some of that right now. But this is news for Black Mirror. Some of you may have seen whenever I posted it on social media. If you don't follow us on social media, if you don't go like our damn pages already, um, please. But this is from entertainmentweekly.com. Quick little snippet. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it was confirmed today that Miley Cyrus um, will be in an upcoming episode of Black Mirror. Mm, that makes just, me excited. Can we just take a moment, please, and just think about what I just said? Yeah. <laughs> I just hope it's just her on a wrecking ball, and that's all it is. She just like goes through the scene. She's just gonna it. be in the background swinging yeah. on a wrecking ball the entire time, and not really have a, a huge part to play. Yeah. I mean, Lady Gaga surprised me with her acting, so maybe Miley Cyrus will too. But yes, and that's what I had said when when someone had um, sent this to me today before I found out because I was offline. I almost always am on top of the stuff on my own, um, but sometimes I'm offline because. I'm prepping for a podcast, so I can't be online the whole time. Um, so this was sent to me, and I saw it, and I thought, you know what? I have my I have my 
thoughts on it for sure. I do kind of question this decision, the powers that be. And I feel like Charlie Brooker is very, very involved in the show. I mean, he is, this is his baby and him and his co-writer, they're very involved in every single aspect of this show. So I have a lot of faith in him. I know his intricacies and he's very picky. I have to hold my faith in Charlie Brooker that he would not have anyone on that he didn't feel was going to do a great job. So whatever it was that she did to get herself on that show, as far as whatever type of audition or whatever it was that she did, if she, cause you know, a lot of people I've heard, um, a lot of people, the, the big celebrities that you see in black mirror, they fight for that. Like they go after and they go, we want to be in your show. We want to be in your show. What can we do? What can we do? And they find a role for them. So she must be, I'm thinking she must be a fan. I don't think that they sought her out. I think that she went to them and whatever she did impressed them. So I'm like you, Gaga really, I've been a Gaga fan, but I didn't know she could act. And when she was in um, American Horror Story, American Horror Story Hotel, she was fantastic in that series. And then if you've seen A Star is Born, holy shit. So I'm going to be open because I have seen some people that I didn't think would be able to pull off a good role and they have. So I'm going well, to leave judgment until we see the episode and we're going to watch yeah. it cause we're going to cover it. Yeah. Well, and the benefit of black mirror too, is she'll probably only be in one episode. So if she ruins one episode, she at least hasn't ruined the season. Exactly. Because they are anthologies. They are anthology episodes. They are standalone um, for the most part. So and maybe and maybe she'll like get killed off. Maybe it'll be a character yeah. that we get to hate and she'll they'll kill her off or something or something horrible well, will happen to her and we'll be okay with it. She could just be something in the background of all the episodes too. You never know. Like maybe she has some reality TV show that she does that she's kind of just herself but not you know, not Miley Cyrus, but that kind of character in that world and we mm-hmm. just see her on TVs passing throughout the whole the whole season or something like that. Right. Well, this is not the best of both worlds, as Hannah, Monta- Hannah Montana would say. Um, so <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. We'll wait and see. And she's just confirming a role. This may not, this doesn't mean lead role. We don't really know anything, and I don't want to know anything. I don't know spoilers. I don't know anything about what type of role. It could be a very, very small role. So people could get their knickers in a bunch over nothing she could be in there for like two minutes so we don't know but that is what we do know we do know black mirror is coming up and apparently we're going to be um graced with miley cyrus's presence so let's just hold judgment until we watch the episode that's my advice take it or leave it (laughs) (laughs) anyway so with that part of the news we're going to move on to messages from the room beyond the red door now that that door is open we're All getting the messages are flooding through. Messages are flooding through. So why don't you take that first one? All right. First one comes from Doug Fix. Shirley's son at the breakfast table is a little a-hole with no apparent <laughs> respect for his elders and his own father. Where have you been? Anyway, back to the show. Does Hugh see Olivia as a ghost or just talks to her in his own mind as one may do with a lost loved one? I think that was kind of up for debate. I think it's Probably when he sees like beautiful live, it's yep. his imagination. Creepy, old, scary live is the ghost, in my opinion. That's mine too. Because if I remember correctly, Olivia was not the benevolent being at the end, or was that the house taking her over? Yes. Yeah. 
There was a cool scene wherein Hugh and Steve are in the basement. There's a shot of Stevie in the background in the white suit with his hands at his side and slump posture, looking like a ghost himself. Mm. And another shining homage, Olivia drawing the forever home over and over. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Rock on, you two. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. Oh, that's. I hope that's not foreshadowing. Um, Steve looking like a ghost, kind of slumped, yeah. slumped there. There's a lot of foresha- foreshadowing in this series, and a lot of things that we see come back around, and things that echo. A lot of the characters repeat some of the things other characters have said. Um, I hope that's not foreshadowing. Good, good observation there, Doug. Um, next one is from Lindsay Schlicht. She says, "Falling behind, but don't want to miss leaving a little feedback." Bit of a slow one for me again, although still fantastic. The fan scene still makes me nauseous. The part with Theo and her dad. Was that a mangled Olivia crawling towards them? That part was awful. Um, The long-haired blonde ghost when Hugh finds the body is the one hidden ghost my unobservant ass managed to catch. (laughs) (laughs) Made me shudder with chills. That's funny. Like that. Oh yeah, that one was it was hard to miss. It's it, considered a hidden ghost, but it is hard to miss. It's right there, yeah. Yeah, it's in your face. Marine Favo, so you have to think of episode seven as the question generating episode. So question one, how can there be a so- storm just over Hill House? Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh instant mold, water damage without anything visibly wet. That's what that's like you would think you would test for that when you first go to buy the house. Yeah. Uh, w- biggest question on my mind too is what is the red room? Mm-hmm. Is just the door red or the inside also? Do we all envision the red room differently? Can't wait to hear RNS talk take on the red room. I think we're going to actually see the red room I next think episode. We're going to see it. Uh, what is Hill House doing to Olivia? Well, I think scientifically I can explain this. Whenever there's asbestos and black <laughs> mold, it creates a psychotic acid that makes you go insane. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. What could cause someone to brick themselves up in the basement of a house? Well, I mean, we saw with um, with Olivia, she was like getting sexy with her husband, but put a screwdriver to his neck. So maybe that's what happened to Mr. Hill. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, I can't sleep at night because my wife is sticking screwdrivers into my neck. So I'm just going to brick myself in here with some food and yeah, who get knows? some sleep. I mean, clearly you think that the house would affect other people. We heard Mr. Dudley's story about how it affected yeah. his mom, his wife. It's he affecting seem, Olivia. It seems only like females, though, because it doesn't seem like uh, Mr. Dudley was affected any. So did Mrs. Hill sit on top of Mr. Hill with a screwdriver? And so he's like, I got to get away from this psycho. I'm going to brick myself in a wall. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to get a picnic basket and I'm going to get a good night's sleep. And but then, then after I'd, he gets... He and gets then a changes good night's his sleep. mind and scratches yeah. at the at the wall. He's like, "Oh, I didn't think this idea all the way through. I should just stayed at a Holiday Inn. Didn't think this out. Hotel was uh, better." <laughs> if Hugh was finding water damage everywhere, why is he just drying out the basement? That's a good point, actually. Gravity. You think you you dry the basement, but it's still just going to keep coming down. It is, but that's where it's going to end up. No. Uh, hand into the fan. Family colloquiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, who destroyed the model of the forever house? Uh, maybe a ghost mom. Ghost mom. Uh, so this episode had a fairly good share of jump scares. The ghost that was in the office with the forever house seemed like Olivia, but then who is stalking or who is talking to Hugh? It's his projection of That's Olivia. Thinking, it's in yeah. his mind, um, which makes sense. 
makes sense to me. I, I'm okay with it. Red, what is the red room? I don't know. What is it? I think that there's going to be. Um, I, I don't have any thoughts. I just I think it's bad. Whatever the hell it is. But another little to me shining reference. Red room sounds like red rum. Red rum, red rum. Oh my god, Sean! Have I ever told you that that is like the worst terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life, and you just did that? Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Don't I, don't listen to your voicemail. Oh my god! <laughs> Stop it! Great feedback, guys. We have an email as well. So it starts off, hi, Rima and Sean. I'm a fan of your podcast from Stranger Things to Haunting of Hill House. I also listen to you when you're on the Walking Dead cast. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I just had to share a picture I took when we were working on my 1890 Victorian. Upstairs in our back hall, I scraped off the million layers of wallpaper to replaster and paint. I uncovered a drawing straight on the plaster. Um, I'll attach it so you can freak out like I did. So, yes, she attached this picture that she found, and it was legit pretty damn freaky of this drawing that was on the plaster as she had been peeling off the wallpaper uh. similar to in Hill House. Um, I Obviously, you guys can't see it, um, but it was pretty damn freaky. She goes Probably on to say— Probably just a kid drawing maybe or— It was, it was, it was like chalk or something. It looked like it was in black, this drawing of a face— and it was it was pretty freaky. It wasn't um, I don't know. Maybe I'll ask her if I can post it on social media and post it on our Facebook page. She said it was okay to share this. So um, she goes on to say, "Our house is by no means Hill House, but can be creepy as fuck." My son has seen a lot of disturbing things, but I've never seen anything. A few nights ago, our TV downstairs turned on by itself around one a.m. and scared us to death. I could tell you so many stories. Yeah, Anyways, guess what. TV's going out the window. Yep. Unplug that bitch. Um, she says, anyway, thanks for the awesome podcast and enjoy the drawing we uncovered while renovating. We're still renovating as it even rained in our house at one point. Mandy. Uh, um, thank you, Mandy, for allowing me to share that story of yours. Um, I think a lot of us probably have some <laughs> similar stories to tell. If you do, write in. I want to oh, hear. Yeah. I love hearing about everyone's experiences. Um, I'll try to loosen up a little bit and maybe I'll share um, some somewhat more harmless ones of mine, but I love hearing um, other people's stories. So please do write us in, email us, send us a voicemail or on our Facebook page. I would be forever grateful. Um, we also have a voicemail this week from our good friend, Steve Brown. Father Mucker. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Rima and Sean, it's Steve. Um, just wanted to leave a couple of thoughts on uh, uh, eulogy. Uh, just love that when uh, Hugh catching himself and, and then uh, young Steven in the background. Really, Dad? Um, <laughs> I love that blue dress that uh, Carla Gugino wears throughout the whole episode and, and the conversations she has uh, with Hugh. And just uh, just the whole thing, I uh, I loved the the editing. We've talked about it before. Probably mentioned every single voicemail. But editing of the show is so good, and uh, just like that scene in the car where she says, uh, "You stuck your hand," and he says, "Right in the fan," and then it cuts to the scene where where he does that. He sticks his hand uh, in the in the fan. Loved uh, seeing Thad. Um, Thad. I keep saying this wrong name for the dad. I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I loved uh, Hugh reaching out to all the different kids. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when she, when he sees Steven on the couch and he knows that he's having marital troubles, the, the, the wife vision says uh, those last few days don't count. 
So I thought that was that was kind of cool. And, and mm. going back to what you guys mentioned in the last episode with uh, Nelly saying that's not mom and uh, different things like that. The conversation with Mr. Dudley is is really cool. There's a lot of things in there that uh, that are interesting that, that tell us about the house and kind of the history in very quick dialogue there. We, we learned like the old woman that they're seeing in the bed. That must be the previous owner. And uh, Mr. Dudley says our first one. So I thought that was an interesting uh, point to make. And uh, just one final thought. I haven't actually finished rewatching the episode for the third time yet. But uh, <laughs> I just had a thought. Why a screwdriver? Like, uh, of all things, do you think it's because the whole theme kind of this episode is uh, Hugh trying to fix things? And that's why uh, Olivia has a screwdriver to his throat instead of like a knife or, or something else. Because why would there be a screwdriver in the room there. I mean, I know he used the screwdriver to trying to help with the, the nail bars to open the door. Maybe that had something to do with it, but uh, just uh, really interesting. I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of eulogy and I uh, can't wait to see the rest of this series uh, again. I'll talk to you later. Awesome. You know, I think you may have answered your own question there, Steve, with why a screwdriver. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's interesting because typically you would think that if someone's going to be sitting on top of you threatening to murder you in your sleep, they'd have a knife through your throat. Yeah. But it, there's a screwdriver, which I think does in a way relate to um, Hugh and his fixing things. He's doing all these repairs to the house. I wonder if when he was trying to open the red room and he tried to shove it in the, the keyhole to, to bang it open um, and force it open, did he leave the tools there? Was she going to the red room or was she drawn to the red room and sees the, the screwdriver on the floor? I don't know that Hugh, Hugh seems like he's a pretty responsible pick up my tools after I leave them or I've used them here that he would have taken them with him, but he was pretty emotional. So maybe yeah. he could have left it there by the red room. And she comes across it in her really weird dream-like state. I don't know. That could be like the the house being like, hey, listen, you're trying to stab this into my keyhole. I'm going to stab this into your throat. Ooh. So yeah. it could be what it is. Like house, rev- the house is trying to get like a little bit of revenge against him. Like, hey, fucker. Definitely like a little bit of a warning there for sure. I think there's all of these warning signs, red flags coming up like crazy. Um, oh, that, yeah. that, and that's finally what it takes for poor Hugh to be like, okay, yeah, we got a problem here. Yeah, I think um, this just shows the two different versions. Like, there's people out there that see this, and it's like, yeah, this is all coincidence. And there's people like me who's like, nope, fuck it. Moving. Burn uh-uh. this place down. No, it's, nope. Sage it and get the fuck out. Yep. Sage yourself, bless yourself, get some damn holy water, whatever it takes, <laughs> and uh, get the fuck out. That shit follows you, man. I'm not kidding you. Um, that was some really great feedback, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to write us in with your feedback. Everyone has so many great, insightful things and contributions, um, great interactions on our Facebook page. So please keep it coming and share your stories. If you got a good ghost story um, that you want to share, I would love to hear it. That's for sure. Um, so thanks, guys, for for writing in. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so this Tuesday, as you know, we uh, are releasing episodes twice a week for this to get ready for the Black Mirror release coming up soon. So this Tuesday, we'll be covering the eighth episode from The Haunting of Hill House titled Witness Marks. Hmm. The description for this episode is, A familiar terror revisits Shirley and Theo on Halloween night as Hugh and Steve go looking for Luke, who disappeared on a deadly errand. Yikes. Yeah, I'm going to go watch it right freaking now. Um I don't know about you. Uh, It's probably a crossover episode, but they're going to cross over to Stranger (laughs) Things for Halloween. Oh, fuck that. 
<laughs> I don't need that in my life. Um, we're really excited for you to join our paranormal investigation for updates from Hill House. You can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts on the Podcastica Network. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast. Be kind. Write a great review and be kind. Even yeah. if you don't like us, find a way to be kind. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Yeah, and if you listen to it hate it, you can leave bad reviews on that one. The, no. the meaner, the better. <laughs> no, I, I reject that. No, don't. If, if Look, it's fine to not like something, but you don't have to be mean. That's the thing, is you mm-hmm. can be critical without being an asshole. Um, I yeah, think. I mean, if you, if you leave the review like my mom did, it's like, hey, you know why the ghosts are so upset at Hill House? Because they're listening to Sean on that podcast. The only thing saving them is Rima. I'm like, no. thanks, Mom. Oh, that is so not true. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 68, Eulogy. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Mandy is strange indeed.